podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. My name's Ben Hocking. That person right there, he's Sam Sage. And unbelievably, it's an LB3 for the first time in a little while. Harry Yeed is back. How's it going, guys? I love that you said that guy right there, as if the, all the podcast listeners have got X-ray vision to see us recording this. Uh, yeah, Harry's back. We when he turned into the system, we thought he was a guest that we forgot we invited, but no, our old friend is is back again from the the Spanish islands. Harry, you're right. Yeah, I'm, I am uh, honoured to be on uh, this prestigious pr- prestigious podcast. <laughs> <Very> prestigious. <laughs> um, yeah, the band's back together. Hi guys. I also like to imagine you bring that point up about Ben points, you know, pointing to that man there. I wonder how people think we are, like where we are right now. Are we like sat in a pod, uh, sat on a beach? I don't know. Tell us. I also like to think that there are obviously some people who only listen to the podcast. They don't follow us on any social media. They're not part of the Discord. (laughs) So they will have no idea what we look like in this world. And I'd be very interested to know what you think we look like um because i can assure you we're far more boring than i imagine you think we are mm. yeah, yeah true. so um a challenge depending on <laughs> where you are if you do know what we look like please rank us from one to three in terms of who is the most beautiful to who is the most ugly we'd be really interested to hear what you think on that uh, and if you don't know what we look like please send in some sketches and we're going to be really interested to see who's closest um, yeah, so. in, in completely unrelated news, I have heard that the police are looking for uh, sketches of three young British men. So, um, you know, not a coincidence, really. <laughs> no, no. Is it a crime to produce great podcasts? Because if it is, we are innocent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the banter's off the charts today. Wow. We're only a few moments singing. It's always already off the chain. It's like yeah, we're, a bit, we're, we're just like first day back at school. This it we is, been isn't it? For a long time. Yeah, yeah, a bit yeah. giddy. Yeah, one of us has been on school holidays. Me and Ben can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> just stuck in school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cheers, mum. We, we have actually got some seriousness somewhere in this podcast. <laughs> it might, it might turn out like ten or twenty minutes in, but you'll have to stick around to find out. We're going to be discussing the Williams duo for 2022. We are fully aware that that has been announced for quite a while, but we are making our way through this really busy time of year. So we're finally giving them some time to discuss that lineup for next year. Christian Horner uh, has said that Toto hasn't had any real rivals for like seven years. So we'll be discussing whether we think he's right. And good news, we've all three of us here. There's no better time to bring back F1 back and forth. That is making an appearance later on but first of all we do have a race this weekend we head off to sochi um so it's the penultimate race that will take place at sochi with the russian grand prix changing venue in a couple of years time um typically a very good circuit for mercedes in fact they have never not won a race here they've won absolutely every single race we've had even if you go back to like 1913 and 1914 when when benz technically won that race 
So looking at the championship, we know that Max Verstappen has got a grid penalty. We don't know. Uh, sorry, Ben. Sorry, I've had to try not to make a joke about Ben's and you Why? winning a race or something Why like that. Why won a race? Really? <laughs> <laughs> you won two years in a row. I'll We're very it. silly today. I, I didn't even make that connection. That's how silly that was. Me and Sam both together at the same time. We like... both, yeah, we both started snickering like yeah. little children over the camera here because we know that no. oh, it's silling us. Sorry, folks. Back to the agenda. Sorry. <laughs> Verstappen's got a penalty. Maybe more of a penalty if he takes um, some new components to the to the power unit. Unsure on that one as, as of yet. It'll probably be announced, you know, 50 seconds after we get off air. But regardless, Sam... Must win for Hamilton due to the circumstance that Verstappen finds himself in? Uh, no, I don't think it is a must win for Hamilton. I think Hamilton just has to capitalise on the fact that Max is going to be disadvantaged. And I think that Max, I think, should take all the paying in one go, right? If he's already got that grid penalty given to him after the incident that happened in Monza, then why not commit to having the full engine um, c- you know, changed over in the car? The other nice thing about Sochi and... This has been proven, actually, by Max Verstappen and the Red Bull team in previous races around here that a Red Bull charging through the field due to penalties is becoming a slightly regular occurrence here. So we know that you can overtake in Russia. We know it's got great corners for actually making a pass. It's a shame it's often quite a dull race. But nonetheless, this is no Monaco. You can recover from the back here. And we know that Verstappen in that Red Bull is more than capable of carving his way through the field. So if I was Red Bull... I would commit to the full penalty change, be safe for the rest of the season, know that you're fine, and know that you can make up the amount of points that you need to and have damage limitation. If I'm Lewis Hamilton, I just know that I need to finish probably in the top two. I need to make sure that I'm beating Verstappen, and in an ideal world, you're a couple of places in front of him so you take back the League of the Championship. But yeah, of course, Hamilton must see this as a golden opportunity to win. In an ideal world, he would win. Everything is in his corner for this race. I think the biggest thing that could go wrong for Hamilton here is that he gets an engine failure, because I've heard that they're not taking an engine penalty. There'll be no change for the Mercedes driver as to their power unit. And of course, we know that they're running some possible damage and some possible issues there. So if he gets an engine failure here, and Max is able to recover relatively well, then I think it could be, you know, Sayonara World Championship number eight for Lewis Hamilton. So no, it's not a must win, but call blimey, Governor, I think he'd like to. <laughs> must win, Harry? No, I, I'm uh, on Sam's wavelength here. It's you know with the championship so tight. I don't think it's uh, Hamilton's got to win this. I think maybe Hamilton should at least outpoint Verstappen. Um, but Sam's right. He, he just needs to take advantage of you know Verstappen being at least three places back from the front of the grid. It could be further depending on where he uh, where he qualifies. Um, yeah, uh, you 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 got to fancy Mercedes going into this one to be honest, as they have an 108 year unbroken winning streak and uh, around around a circuit in Russia, which is quite a stat. Um, yeah, so Hamilton's got a fancy his chances. The only thing is, um, there's a little pesky little teammate next to him who, who, who for the love of God, Valtteri, please. Pesky bottings. <laughs> please, please, this is your time to shut. You were so good Hashtag at Monza. Hashtag bottings, please. You were so good at Monza, please. It's Russia, you love it. Traditions and all that. Anyway, um, yeah, so I'm, and I'm sure Mercedes will ask Bottas to move out of the way if they if it ever comes to that. We've seen it before, um, but yeah, I think Hamilton's definitely got to fancy his chances. I don't think it's a must win, but uh, he definitely should be outscoring Verstappen this weekend. Um, 
considering Verstappen has that grip penalty. Uh, not necessarily a bold prediction, but I think if Bottas is leading and he's asked to move aside, I don't think he does it. I think I think he I think he stays in the lead. That's very cheeky. That would be very cheeky, be very entertaining, and I think it would happen. But that is obviously dependent on if Bottas is leading at all, and we do know we do know how good he is around that circuit. Um, won a couple of times there, arguably. I think should have been three wins at, at Sochi, if not for ironically giving the position up for for Hamilton a couple of seasons back. Um, do I think this is a must win for Lewis Hamilton? I do think it's pretty close to a must win for Lewis Hamilton. Um, I know that the championship. So the answer is no. No, it's fine. The answer is yes. It is a must-win for Lewis Hamilton. Keep you happy, you moron. Um, yeah, um, yeah I, honestly speaking, it's either must-win or it is very close to a must-win in, in that if he doesn't win, it's such a missed opportunity. Because if Max Verstappen, especially if Max Verstappen takes more of a penalty than just three positions as would be the case if he just took um, the, the grid penalty from Monza. I think it does make sense for Verstappen to go ahead and, and do it all in, in one go for the reasons you gave Sam, you know, Red Bull have shown over the last few years it is possible to fight your way from the back. We know that tyre wear's very limited around Sochi so um, you know, I, I think that Verstappen should take that opportunity and, and almost bite the bullet here at at Sochi. Um, if we look at the races that are left to go, take out Sochi, we've got another seven to go after that. And it doesn't necessarily look fantastic from a Mercedes perspective in terms of what those circuits are. So first of all, we've got Turkey, we've got a T to be confirmed race, which we still don't quite know what that's going to be, and Saudi Arabia. All three of those are complete unknowns from both Red Bull and Mercedes' perspective. Yes, I know they raced at Turkey last year, but realistically, the conditions are not going to be the same. Um, and in a dry race, that might have appeared different. Out of the other four, you've got Brazil, Abu Dhabi, and Mexico as three of them. Brazil, last time we went there, Verstappen won. Abu Dhabi, last time we went there, Verstappen won. Mexico, Verstappen has two wins there. And the only the only one of the seven left to go after Sochi that I would say definitively is a Mercedes and Hamilton track is Austin in the US, where they've done pretty well. Although having said that, Hamilton hasn't won the last two times that they've been to the US. So I don't think the end of this calendar actually suits Mercedes. And if Lewis Hamilton doesn't win this race and Verstappen ends up going on to win the championship... I think it will be the three-race stretch, Spa, Monza, Sochi, that people look to and say that's where the championship was lost from a Mercedes perspective. Because those are the three that Hamilton should have won, won, won. And if he doesn't win this one, it won't be that case at all. It will be, you know, half points at Belgium. It will be the retirement at Monza and whatever this weekend turns out to be. So I think this is must-win, despite the fact that it is close in the championship. Um, I've, I haven't said that any race up until this point in the season has been must win. But looking ahead, I, I don't know. I, I think if, if Verstappen is not winning this race and Hamilton finishes second, who's he finishing second to? Either his teammate or Perez or someone else. Surely that is a massive disappointment, regardless of who it is, if it's not Max Verstappen. Bottie's for the win, Sam. 
<laughs> well, let's let's move on to our poll one, two, three bold predictions, and we'll have to see, won't we? But do you okay? We'll, we'll we'll wait for that one. But do you think, let's just say hypothetical situation, Bottas is in the lead? Because I think I don't think he'd move aside. Do you think he would? Um, I I'm not as certain on it as you are because in his press release he did state, "Let's win both of these titles," and I think him and Lewis are actually good friends, but. I believe that he is a, you know, I believe he's a racing driver. I know he's a racing driver. Funny enough, actually, <laughs> I believe so him. do it. With everything <laughs> that I have, I believe in it. I don't need to believe it. Factually, it happens on the telly <laughs> and on the racetrack very regularly. Um, he's a racing driver, and he knows that he's stepping down from the most prolific, the most famous, not famous, Ferrari's still the most famous, most successful consecutively, in any ways, team that exists in Formula 1. That was hard to say. Um, he's going to want one more win, isn't he? I know I said it at the start of the, the season that he won't win again. But this is his track. It's probably the last time he gets to race it at a front-running team. If it's five, six laps from the end, the Bottas has got a gap and he's leading. And they go, all right, Valtteri, out the way now. Do I think that he listens? 80% of me says no. I think he tells him to suck it. I'm with Ben. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> You're actually getting specific about what the message would be. I like it. <laughs> to whom it may concern, <laughs> suck it. Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, no, I, I, I think if he does get out of the way, then it's it's a much bigger fight back uh, or, or pushback from from Valtteri's side. He doesn't just jump out of the way. He argues the point, makes it difficult, whatever. Um, but I don't think he will anyway. You know, we saw the the cheeky. Fastest lap at Zandvoort. I think that was a sign of things to come for the rest of the year. But um, yeah, because well, I don't know. I'm in two minds because I think he is a he's a nice guy and he does play the team game very well as we've seen over the years. But um, the team just let him go, and as much goodwill as he might have towards them, he's still going to want to just drive for himself now. So well, um, t- sorry, Sam. Good. I was going to say, Ting hats on. Any chance that a pit stop might be fumbled, or you oh know, there might Lord. be a slight a delay, a delay going on there. Maybe oh, if they're close on the track, your, your tires rolling down the pit lane. Oh, I can't run after that now. Oh, <laughs> we, we didn't put it in the heated blanket. We put it in my child's blanket, and they're freezing cold. <laughs> Sorry, Valtry. Wow. Ten hats. Let's put them away. Um, <laughs> That's that's a dangerous slippery slope. Um, I don't know. I, I I honestly think he would he wouldn't move aside for Lewis Hamilton just because. Um, firstly, for the reason kind of you gave Harry in that yes, he's played the team game up until this point, and I think he is good friends with Lewis Hamilton, and I think he is generally interested in doing the right thing. But every decision he's made to this point has been where he's either a had a Mercedes seat sewn up for the next year, or B, he's in with a chance of a Mercedes seat in the next year, and neither of those two situations are now applicable. This is the this is what I've been saying all year in terms of the concern with signing Bottas or not signing Bottas at this point in the year and not leaving it until the end of the year is that you've got Red Bull, where Sergio Perez is confirmed for next year, that is set in stone, and Valtteri Bottas is, is departing the team not even keeping the Mercedes relationship with a customer Mercedes team, but going completely different direction at Alfa Romeo. So I would be concerned. If, if you're Valtteri Bottas and you know there might not be another chance to win a Grand Prix ever again in your lifetime, 
surely you're going to be like, well, I, I can't pass up that opportunity. I, I think he stays ahead if he gets the chance, but we'll have I mean, to see. In, in an ideal world, obviously for the person that is fighting for the championship, Lewis Hamilton, that is, surely you just want to outperform him in the first place and not have this be an actual question that you need to ask. I mean, that's, that would be his aim, won't it? But it's so, like so. Bo- Bottas is seven times the driver that he normally is because of the circuit. Yeah, that is true. He is the king of Sochi. Yeah. He is. Do you think? Do you think he'll he'll continue to be the king of St Petersburg when we go there? Yes, I like to think so. St Bottasburg. I mean, it's <laughs> wow. through... St Petersburg has gone through enough name changes as it is. We don't need one more. In there. <laughs> I think this is the best one so far. Bottasburg. <laughs> yeah, make, make it happen, Russia. Come Can we on. also rename the, the rather delicious cake Battenberg to Bottasburg, please? Yeah, Bottas' face bot- on a Battenberg. <laughs> yeah, on each square. You know how it's a four-square cake? It's just Bottas. Oh, wow. Sorry, this isn't an F1 podcast anymore. This is a Bottas podcast. It wasn't an F1 podcast in the first place, Sam. <laughs> yeah, the late-breaking F1 listeners. podcast. That's a lie. Oh, yeah. on, the, on the Red Bull side of things, Sergio Perez, do you think considering we, we might be looking at Verstappen fighting his way back through the field, can Perez be a disturbance to, most significantly, Hamilton, but Mercedes generally? What do you think, Sam? Uh, no, no chance. Um, Perez has fallen out of my uh, zone of confidence, which is um, a very small place to be. Um uh, he's, he's lost me, unfortunately. Uh, the performances of the last few races haven't been promising. The contract, I think, was almost given a little too early. Um, he's still not comfortable at all in that car. And we're so, you know, when we looked at Gasly in that car, when we looked at Albon in that car, yes, we were all critical, but they were also almost rookies. They, they, you know, it wasn't their first season, but they were incredibly early in their Formula 1 career. Checo's had to learn to drive a lot of different chassis, a lot of different teams, um, I would have expected him to be at least up to, you know, a good second driver standard by now. And I don't think he's achieving that. So, if, if he is the lone bull up the front there against two Mercedes drivers, Verstappen often has a hard enough time doing it. And he is, you know, he owns that team. Everything is about Verstappen here. Perez, I don't, I, you know what? I might go as far to say that Verstappen, if he's starting near the back of the grid, would still beat Perez over the race should Perez start at the top three or four. It's not a great look, is it, if uh, if that does happen? Uh, Harry, no. what do you think? Do you think that Perez can disturb the Mercedes duo? Well, the thing I'm thinking about the most is who is in Sam's zone of confidence? That is a great saying. Impromptu it's segment. Like <laughs> <laughs> a tumble dryer of mystery. Um, yeah, uh, Perez, I... Yeah, I'm kind of with Sam on this. I don't, I don't think... Um, He's going to be too much trouble to. If we expect the Mercedes to be as strong as they are this weekend, um, and I don't think Perez at the moment on his current form, based on his current form, uh, you'd, you'd have to say he's not going to be able to trouble them um, up at the front, if that's where they are. Obviously, um, yeah. Uh, uh, but Red Bull need need him to be there. They at least need him to be third. At least uh, you know if it's a Mercedes one two on the front row have Perez in third, because we've seen over the years how potent a position third place is, Valtteri Bottas circa 2020, in fact, last year, um, into turn one. So, uh, yeah, at least if Perez can get there and, and be annoying at the start and for, for and you know, 
Right, basically kill some time until Verstappen manages to make his way back up to the front. Um, I think Red Bull will be pleased with that. But uh, yeah, based on current form, you'd have to say I don't think he can. Although he, he does go well around here. He's picked up a podium in a Force India back in the day. So um, who knows? Maybe maybe he can. But uh, yeah, at the moment, it's, it's looked a bit rocky. So you'd have to go on based on that. I'm not sure how troublesome he can be for Red Bull. But let's hope he can. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you've both said there, um, but the re- but I'm going to go back to the, one of the last points that Harry made here uh, and say that Bottas and Hamilton might well be better in qualifying, and I expect them to be better in qualifying compared to Perez at any circuit, let alone at a Mercedes-centric track such as Sochi. Um, but we know that P3 is essentially pole at Sochi, um, you actually want to start P3 because that's where all the magic happens. So if Sergio Perez, and to be honest, this isn't a guarantee based on previous qualifying performances, if he can get P3 behind the two Mercedes, he does at least have the opportunity to get ahead of one of them, if not both of them, at the start of the Grand Prix. If he can do that, it's not necessarily an easy circuit to overtake if you are not massively faster than the car ahead. So maybe he can hold them up at that point. I don't think he's winning this race, but Perez needs to do more in the championship fight, in the Constructors' Championship fight, because the reality is, if it was two Verstappens against two Hamiltons, Red Bull would be winning the Constructors' Championship. But the way that it is, Verstappen and Perez versus Hamilton and Bottas, it's it's the Mercedes duo that are winning, because even though Verstappen is technically doing his job as the first driver against Hamilton... If we're putting them into two different camps here, Bottas is out is outperforming Perez in terms of the points. Um, so he needs to he needs to recover at some point, and the number of races in which to do so is starting to run out. Right, I want to hear some bold predictions, Harry. Considering you are making a return, what is your bold prediction? Um, my bold prediction is that there will be a uh, not last lap, but it lasts a very late safety car. And in that safety car, um, Nikita Mazepin, everyone pits, Nikita Mazepin stays out on tight, <clears throat> old tyres, excuse me, and holds on for a point at his home GP. Wow. Even though technically neither, he doesn't have a home GP because he hasn't got a home. Com- complicated. <laughs> That's not, not homeless. <laughs> <laughs> Bought, uh, bought his way into F1, but he doesn't have enough money for a home. Right. He just Bless lives him. in the car. Sleeps in it. Um, he lives yeah. in an egg car. Oh, yeah, sorry, he's an egg. I forgot that. So, <laughs> to clarify, Mazepin has... You need to stop predicting that Haas is going to score points because it's still not happening. But Mazepin is going to stay out on old tyres due yeah. to a late safety car. And he is going to hold on for a point. Right. I mean, it's, did you did you skew on that for the whole two weeks while you're away? Because that is mega bold. Thought I'd come back I with a bang, you know. We, I have seen quite a few times over the last uh, last week or so, you know, British Hamilton winning the British Grand Prix, Dutch Verstappen winning the Dutch Grand Prix. Italian heritage Ricardo winning the Italian Grand Prix. And now we head to Russia. Here comes Danny Kvyat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Um, 
Here, I think you'll find here comes the rest of the world, actually. Yeah. R-O-W. R-O-W. Okay, so Mazepin yeah. is going to get a point, according to Harry. Sam, I, I what's a, your role? I, sorry, Sam. Sorry, Sam. I have a question. That's okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I've had two weeks of just not asking anything. If Mazepin won, what what national anthem did they play? They actually just play um, they Happy play... Birthday. Oh, I was going to go with the F1 back and forth jingle, but yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought, works. But they not play like Rasputin. <laughs> <laughs> oh. They wouldn't play the national anthem, but they would play Rasputin. Okay. He's got Russia's national greatest anthem. love machine. <laughs> right. He's got no we'll home. He's got no national anthem. We'll work on getting the back. Well, they play the, theme, the, that they? song that goes, he's homeless, he's homeless. <laughs> That's the song, isn't it? I wish it wasn't. <laughs> uh, have you got, sorry, have Sam, you got a bold prediction, there. Sam? <laughs> yeah, I do. And, and everyone, it's worth the wait, folks, because it's a uh, drum roll, please. <laughs> it's a two parter! Oh, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> right, part one is that there won't be a Red Bull in the top five. That's pretty bold by itself. <laughs> Part two, and I think folks will be a mixture of confused, alarmed, scared. Um, but Valtteri Bottas is going to win the race. So this is the most you thing I've ever Hang heard. on a second. <laughs> you... You predicted at the beginning of this year, Valtteri Bottas, he is not going to win another race for the rest of his career. Fairly bold, Sam, but good on you for predicting it. And you're saying you are wrong with your own prediction. I think after all the... uh, After? (laughs) After all the events that have occurred, that I think it's so bold to go against my own bold prediction. That there is... If there's there's any chance that Bottas can do it, it's now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh wow okay it's like samception that's pretty great so two-parter for sam because of course it is no red bull in the top five and valtteri bottas who will never win another race in his career will win this race which i think is happening in his career good correct okay um my bold <laughs> prediction i'm going to say that the winner of the race will lap everyone apart from second and third place. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I like that. Bottas absolutely so, flying. Yeah, yeah the He's flying fit. crush it. Yeah, that's what I'm going for. That's good. That's good. Pole one, two, three then. Harry, what have you got? I'm giving pole to Mr. Bottas, um, but the win's going to go to Lewis Hamilton. Bottas will be in second and Verstappen will have clawed his way back into third. All right. Uh, we know uh, Red Bull is not going to appear in your top three, Sam, and we know who's going to be first, but fill out the rest of it. Pole will be Lewis Hamilton. The wing will go to Valtteri Bottas. Second place will be Charles Leclerc. And third place will be Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> Leclerc started from the back, man. All right, Chuck. Oh, Carlos Sykes. Carlos Sykes. I take it back. It's Carlos Sykes. <laughs> Withdraw. 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 Verstappen's going to be mad if he goes to the back and Leclerc's actually done a better job of getting through. Um, I, take, I take it back. It's Carlos Sykes. All right. 
Um, I am going to say that Lewis Hamilton claims pole position here. I think he then converts it into a race win in what will be a Mercedes 1-2. I'm going to go with Valtteri Bottas in second. And Verstappen, like you, Harry, I think he'll claw his way back to third. You're all forgetting, of course, that this will theoretically be Lewis Hamilton's 100th victory, which will break the world. So it can't happen. It won't happen. It'll be the suck 99 forever. Yeah, because the world's so unbroken at the moment, yeah. He's got to get there at some point, hasn't he? When he retires, I'll just award it to him as like a a parting gift. (laughs) Well, if he never gets there. Here, just have a have it anyway. You've done enough. Have another one, mate. No points, but have have another one. Oh, dear. I mean, technically, if you count Spa 08, was it, when he got disqualified from the win? Or demoted from the win? He's already had 100, so we'll give it to him. Alright, there you go, Lewis. I'm sure he'll be delighted about that. Let's move on to the Williams duo for 2022 because although it was announced a few weeks ago, we still haven't had a chance to discuss this yet. So Nicholas Latifi will be staying with the team for a third year. And then alongside him, instead of George Russell, who will be going to Williams, Alex Albon will replace him in that seat. Very interesting duo there. Sam, what do you make of the lineup? Do you think they were right in the decisions they've made? I think this is bizarre. Um, this is not the lineup I had envisioned that Williams would go for. And I, you know what? I don't know if I love it or think it's fine. Um, Latifi, let's go big King Latifi, the man that rides in tanks and then scores points. Right? We love him, the Maple Man himself. <laughs> um, Latifi has upped his performances in the latter stages of this season, there's no doubt about it. And he's always been quietly consistent. He's never, you know, he's never been awful. I'm not saying he's been great, but he's never been awful. He's just been all right. And Russell regularly outperformed him in the likes of qualifying, as we know from the Miska Saturday comments. But do I think Latifi has more to give than what we're seeing? Uh, I don't think so. I think Latifi is just kind of where he is. He's fine. I really like him as a person, but do I think he's good enough to maybe be in that seat any longer? I think it's more of a Williams reasoning than it is a Latifi reasoning that actually Williams want a stable a stable head in the team while they try and progress themselves back up the field into a new era of Formula 1, someone that knows the team. They're losing Russell, who's been there for a long time now. Um, and Latifi is the man that understands all the team members. He brings good funding. Um, you know, he's, he's just good, isn't he? He's just good. And, and they can rely on him. The Alex Albon situation is incredibly interesting. So, Williams, who are powered by Mercedes, now have a driver from the arch rivals of Mercedes, which is Red Bull, but in the contract of uh, Albon's Williams deal, he has to have no affiliation at all with Red Bull until he is either recalled by Red Bull or he is let go by Williams, which is... Really, really interesting. It's a very politically um, different situation to find yourself in. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what Albon can do again. You know, um, when he went back into that Alpha Tauri seat after his time at Red Bull, he was good. Much like, funny enough, what Pierre Gasly has managed to do. I think Pierre Gasly has gone above and beyond what Albon was achieving. But Albon was showing the signs that there was growth there in that Alpha Tauri. Of course, he was then booted for the, the totally fresh lineup of Pierre Gasly and for um, Yuki Tsunoda. So, it's a good lineup for Williams, and I think if they're going to have a whole new era, it's an interesting thing going forward. What I don't like um, for Williams here is that once again, one of their drivers is not 
fully contracted to them. It's not fully assigned to them. They're still technically playing second fiddle to one of the big boys at the top. And that could ruin their aspirations at any point, much like Russell, right? Russell was one of the prime talents on the grid. And they, they always knew he was going to be leaving eventually. And he has. And the same will happen to Albon. If Albon turns out to be a masterclass, if Albon turns out to be, you know, the next Prost on the bloody grid and he develops brilliantly, Williams will lose him again and they're going to have to replace him again. I just think there were maybe some options that they could have looked at that we've talked about in previous podcasts. I'm not going to go into all the names. Um that they maybe could have considered. But hey-ho, I don't know if they're getting a sweet deal. I don't think they are getting a sweet deal off Red Bull. Um, It's very interesting. So yeah, no, it's good. It's good. I understand it in part. I don't think it's great. Harry, what do you make of the lineup? Um, I the 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 Weirdly, the more interesting part of the lineup is not the lineup itself. It's the, um, as Sam's already alluded to, that, that dynamic now between Williams, Mercedes and Red Bull. Um, I think it... There's a good article from uh, Mark Hughes, I think it is, on the race about what this means for the future of F1. And the general gist of it was that I think this this driver move actually caught Toto off guard, which is unusual for Toto because he's not often caught off guard. Um, and, you know, signals Reb, uh, William's intention intentions going forward. Uh, and I see what Sam's saying about they're still kind of linked to someone, but I think maybe they now that they have some solid funding, they don't need to be Mercedes... B team, and that was quite quite the signal of intent from Jost Capito um, by signing Alex. Um, in terms of the actual drivers, Albon definitely deserves an, another shot in F1. The Red Bull seat never worked out. I still don't quite understand why he didn't get in the Red the AlphaTauri seat. Well, I, I know why, but um, it's getting chock a block full of young rejected drivers. But um, yeah, he definitely deserved another shot in F1. So I think that's a solid signing. And as for Latifi, uh, I get that too, to be honest, because I think you put Latifi alongside not anyone else, but a, a lot of other, the majority of other drivers who aren't George Russell, and I think everyone would say he's done a solid job. Um, but it's just because he's been next to George Russell for the past couple of years that maybe... And, and I admit, this has been his best year, I think, by far. But, um, yeah, I think it's just been his... It's like the Valtteri Bottas-Lewis Hamilton syndrome, isn't it? Bottas appears worse because Hamilton looks it is just better and way better. So um, yeah, I think if, in terms of continuity for next year, I think it's a good thing to have Latifi still in the team, even if he does, even if maybe next year is his last year. Um, I still think that's a fairly solid lineup for Williams. Um, yeah, I, I think it's good, good all round, and I, I, encouraging. I, I, I admire the uh, the move to to get Albon on board because. I think a lot of other team principals would have, you know, settled for the Mercedes back driver and kept their engine supplier happy. So, bold. Like, I, I rate it. So, from my perspective, I'll, um, I'll, I'll speak about them individually. So, starting with Nicholas Latifi. Um, I understand why they've decided to bring him on for a third season. That continuity element that you've already discussed, that's absolutely right. Uh, they didn't want to go into 2022 with two brand new drivers, as um, we've already discussed this similarly with, with Alfa Romeo in terms of Giovinazzi and whether they'll keep him to have some form of continuity. I believe there is some sort of trade-off between when does continuity become important enough to take a worse driver over a better driver. And for me, Nicholas Latifi is not good enough of a driver in order to justify... 
um, the continuity. I think there are better drivers out there. You know, Nico Hulkenberg possibly. Um, you know, Nick DeVries as a as an opportunity there. I think those guys. I think they would do a better job in that seat than Nicholas Latifi. I do agree that the second half of this season has been the best he's been to this point. But in all honesty, I think it was a fairly low bar to can to begin with. Um, you're right in what you say. I think he is um, shown up slightly because of how good George Russell is. But the Bottas Hamilton comparison might be true, but Bottas outqualifies Hamilton sometimes. Bottas does a decent job sometimes. Latifi in two years hasn't been able to outqualify. Okay, he's outqualified him once technically because of the sprint race <laughs> at Monza. But other than that, he's been outqualified every single every single time. And, and there might be a bit more consistency creeping in, but. For me, it, it's not enough for a team that has ambitions to move up the field. We've seen what Russell has been able to do this season. Uh, it's it's a lot more than was last season. You know, he, he spent time in the top 10 in, in Austria. Uh, he spent time in the top 10 in France as well. He did a really good job there. He obviously scored points as well this year, George Russell. So the car is starting to show signs of promise that it could be a bit more next season. But... I don't think Latifi is good enough to take advantage of that. Um, so I think, I, I know this sounds crazy, but you know if you're looking at Hulkenberg possibly, but I, I would say go bold, Williams. Go, go bold. We're bold. We want you to be bold as well. Go and put in an offer for Oscar Piastri. You know, he's sitting there in the Alpine Academy. He's not going up next season. He's probably not going up the year after that. Make an offer. Would it would it be an initial investment that is costly? Yes. Would it pay you back in the long term? I absolutely think it would because I think he is a different class of driver compared to Nicholas Latifi. Um, and I agree with you, Sam. Nicholas Latifi, from a very personal point of view, I think he's absolutely brilliant. So, it, 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 but you've got to be objective, and that's my honest view on him as a driver. Um, the other side of the garage. Alex Albon, I, I like the move that they've made here. I think they should do everything they can, provided it goes well, do everything they can to make sure this is more than a one-year deal because if not, then really they've just been doing some babysitting for Red Bull and at, at that point, what are you really gaining? Um, the whole um, him not being a part of, affiliated with Red Bull for one season is, is a bit ridiculous. Um, it all seems a bit loosely termed what what does affiliated truly mean i mean he's not going to appear in on merchandise I, what does it mean sorry sorry he in the in the press photos he's wearing an alpha tauri t-shirt i know it's <laughs> that, that, it's it's ridiculous and I, I, don't, I don't know if he if he is removed from williams at the end of this year and he goes back to red bull it's not like ah. Uh, well, I've actually forgotten everything about the Mercedes power unit in the last year. <laughs> Don't, never mind. I think he'd probably remember one or two things, wouldn't he? Um, so I think they should do everything they can to secure him on more than one year. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it could be a good move. I think it's the right move. It is a bit of a risk because if you look at the last two drivers that were dropped from the Red Bull team, you've got Danny Kvyat and you've got Pierre Gasly. One went brilliantly well Pierre Gasly did fantastically well even from the first race after he was dropped he did a great job at the Belgian Grand Prix you'll remember a few years ago and ever since then he's been fantastic Danny Kvyat went the complete opposite way he was absolutely nowhere near Carlos Sainz in the season where he was dropped back down to Toro Rosso and Alex Albon has the added difficulty where he's not being dropped down to the junior team he's being dropped out to a brand new team entirely so it is a risk 
Will it work? I, I think based on how well Gasly's done and how much he struggled in the Red Bull, I think it's worth a risk. I mean, I, I hope I hope for the best for him. But I really I really hope it goes well. Um, but overall, the lineup, apart from the Haas lineup, I, I think it's probably the weakest of the lot. Again, a bit dependent on where Albon is, but I, I wouldn't have more confidence in that lineup versus the other eight on the grid. Admittedly, we don't know what the Alfa Romeo lineup is yet, so maybe the other seven. I'll, I'll, I'll wait to see who that is. Lovely. Let's move on to um, Toto and Christian Horner, best of friends. Um, so Christian Horner, <laughs> I'm gonna have to try and say this without laughing. Christian Horner believes <laughs> that Toto Wolf has not really had any rivals over the last seven years. <laughs> Do you think he's right, Sam? Um, it depends what we're talking about for rivalries. I mean, we're talking about rivalry for tallest man in the paddock, then, um, I mean, or, or tables smashed, or emails sent to stewards during races. I mean, you know, Toto might be head and shoulders above the competition there, but if we're going to talk about actual racing... Are you mad, Christian? Have you watched anything that's happened over the last... Seven years. Yes, there's been some Mercedes dominance. Don't get me wrong. Toto has arguably created a world-beating team and has done a fantastic and stellar job of doing so. Do you not remember maybe Ferrari, for example, for a couple of seasons? Sebastian Vettel arguably leading the championship uh, for a while there, you know? That was a pretty big one for a couple of years that occurred. Um, I don't know. It just feels like he's gone... How can I make this all about Red Bull? I'm going to cover my eyes for as long as possible and find a way for Red Bull to be the only people that matter in this whole conversation. Which, Christian, I love what you do. I love how long you've been around. I, I, you know, you're a real character in the paddock. But you do have this tendency to go, how can I make it about Red Bull? And you've done it again, sir. And it is a silly, silly statement that honestly doesn't make any sense. Lower the drivel. Silly, silly statement. Fantastic. Yeah. Harry, what do you think? <laughs> I, don't, I look. We 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 know Christian Horner loves it. He loves the drama. Drive to Survive was made for that man. Um, yeah, it was. But what, what is he? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, what what is he saying with this statement? He's saying he's had no rivals for the for the past seven years because we've not been good enough and we're not challenging for the past seven years. Good. Oh, zinger. What a zinger, Christian. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't Look, it, it, as Sam's already said, it's true that Mercedes has been dominant, but they, yeah, they've had no rivals because they've done a better job. It's not because they've been helped along the way or anything. Um, they've just done the better job out of all the other teams. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, it's just, it's a quote and I'm yeah, he knows what he's doing, but in terms of stirring the pot and it, it gives us something to talk about. So, in that sense, thank you, Christian. But, um, yeah, that's not you. He's quite he's quite good at wording things normally, but that's not that's been not been carefully worded at all. Um, because because he's just like shot himself in the foot uh, there. So um, yeah, I don't think that's and I, I don't think it's a fair statement either because they have had rivals. They've just been better. Ferrari Ferrari were rivals for a bit in seventeen and eighteen, kind of nineteen, but um, Mercedes just have just done a better job. So. Yeah, he's just, just stirring the pot, just trying to wind Toto up, isn't he? Come on, Christian. I think um, I think I quote the legendary Jake Peralta 
where I say the word, ooh, self-burn. Those are rare. Those are rare indeed. Love a Brooklyn Nine-Nine reference on this podcast, <laughs> don't we? Um, hang on. <laughs> thanks for that. Um, look, I... Christian, mate. What are you doing? <laughs> oh. um, so hang on. Christian is basically trying to say here that, well, Toto's had it quite easy over the last seven years, hasn't he? Hasn't really had any rivals. Who could have stopped that? <laughs> Yourself? Come on, man. Oh, he, he might as well just be pointing at himself. He's like, well, the competition could have done a better job, couldn't they? Oh, wait, that was me the entire time. I, I think it's a ridiculous statement. Also, again, it's not true. So we're 14 races into this season and Mercedes are 18 points clear in the Constructors' Championship. Let's flash back to 2018. Mercedes, after 14 races, were 25 points clear of Ferrari. So you're telling me that the seven-point difference between 25 back in 2018 and 18 now is the difference between either being a rival or not being a rival. Ferrari were right there at the same point in this in in 2018 so apparently they won i'm sorry maurizio arriva bene did not like playing insult hockey with you as much as as much as chris it's come on man he was a rival they were a rival the points prove it and yeah you're right harry he knows what he's saying he's riled me up he's he's caught me hook line yeah exactly ben you're like he's a little fish on a hook uh, he's put a little bit of bacon, isn't he? Because I can't, I cannot resist bacon, and he's <laughs> he's got me. He's absolutely got me. If ben for was uh, the... for those curious, um, insult hockey will be coming to a special edition of the podcast uh, at a later date. Yeah, we were looking at a new segment, so that'll do. That's beautiful. I think it's better oh, than well. the uh, the Martin Whitmarsh segment we proposed in our <laughs> private chat. Martin Whitmarsh. So, just to explain the concept of this um, game that is definitely not being played, Sam. What insult hockey? No, Martin Watmarsh. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> essentially we have to work out what marsh Martin has fallen into. Is it what what Martin this marsh, Martin Whitmarsh? <laughs> Sam, can you name me one marsh? Uh, I lost a shoeing one when I was nine. Oh, that um, one, yeah, yeah, got it. Thanks. It was in it was in Cornwall. That's as good as I can get, I'm afraid. The Cornish Marsh. That's <laughs> it's just all of Cornwall. Uh, I was about to say enough of this ridiculousness, and then I've just realised we're about to play F1 back and forth, so it's not going away. Hit the jingle. F1. Back and forth, it's F1. Back and forth, it goes backwards. Then goes forth, it's F1. Back and forth, F1. Oh, it's iconic. Feels good hearing it again. It's been a little while, hasn't it? It has. It has. Yeah, good to have it back. Um, if you haven't seen the podcast, or sorry, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, um, you might not be aware of the segment, but F1 back and forth, Sam versus Harry. Uh, I've got a category that I have pre-prepared, uh, 
and they will have to give correct answers to that category until one of them gives a wrong answer or one of them can't think of an answer. Um, so today's category, there are a grand total of 23 correct answers to this one. And the category is anyone who has scored a point at the Russian Grand Prix. Oh, and so I'm this not... goes back to 1913? World Championship <laughs> Grand Prix. Right. We're not counting 13 and 14, surprisingly. Um, but any any modern day um, point scorer of the Russian Grand Prix. Harry, as the uh, returnee, if you wouldn't mind, going first. Lewis Hamilton. He has, believe it or not, scored a point at the Russian Grand Prix. Sam, that's one of yours. The king of Soup Bottasburg. Hashtag more bosses, please. It's Valtteri Bottas. Valtteri Bottas is correct. And good to know that he is the uh, the mayor of his own. That, that's good to know. Um, yeah, obviously. What are you going for, Harry, for your next one? Uh, Danny, Danny Ricardo. That's a correct answer, Sam. Uh, Max Verstappen. That is also a correct answer. Harry. Sebastian Vettel. Correct answer again, Sam. Sergio Perez. He is a correct answer, Harry. Kimi Raikkonen. Kimi Raikkonen is correct, Sam. Charles Leclerc. Charles Leclerc had that great performance in his first season at Sauber. Uh, did a great job there. Uh, he is here somewhere. There he is. I've got my list here. I'm ticking him off. And I couldn't not, find him. Is he not scored a point since? Yeah, he got a, got a podium oh. as well, didn't he? But that was the first time he scored a point. Got it, got it, got it. What's your next one, Harry? Um, Felipe Massa. Felipe Massa is a correct answer. Sam, to get the 10th one of this list of 23. Esteban Ocon. Esteban Ocon is a correct answer. Harry. Um, I don't know. The, the Russian races have been quite boring, so I can't really remember any of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. This is quite a struggle. Um, Carlos Sainz? Carlos Sainz is a correct answer. Sam. Um, Lando Norris. Lando Norris is a correct answer. Harry. Nico Hulkenberg. Nico is correct. <laughs> Hulkenberg! Uh, I'm afraid Harry has already given that answer. Um, oh, it's just a loss. Um, Daniel Kvyat. Of course. Danny Kvyat is on there. Harry. Um, Pierre Gasly Pierre Gasly is a correct answer going along well here uh, I think we've just got 8 more to go Sam oh we spoke about him already uh, Alexander Alban Alexander Alban is a correct answer leaving us with 7 to go Harry oof Brad. Lance draws a good point there. 
Let me just uh, get on the phone to Brad. Let me see if it's the correct answer. <laughs> Brad! Has Lance scored a point? <laughs> okay, thank you, Brad. Uh, he has not scored a point at oh, Russia. Therefore... Brad! Goodness me, Brad. <laughs> Blame Brad for that. Um, so, it, Brad. not a correct answer. Sam, you have the win. Of the other seven, could you name any more? Um, long shot scout. Kevin Magnuson. Yep, he scored there a few times. Oh, Romy G. Jensen Button. Uh, Romy G is correct. Jensen Button is yep. correct. You've stolen that there from me, and I'm angry with you. Um, was it still going when Maldonado was there? Yeah, Maldonado did score a point there. I think 2015, possibly. My man is a baller. Maldonado popping up everywhere. That was a ridiculous guess, uh, and now I am out of options. Who have we got left? Okay, well, um, you'll be glad to know of the three left, only two of them are world champions. Uh, Nico Rosberg and Fernando Alonso oh. have both scored points oh. at Russia. Yeah. Okay. Uh, che- cheers, Harry. See you later, mate. Um, oh, sorry, oh, no. The other one who is arguably the best driver never to win a Formula One World Championship, of course, Felipe Nazar. Oh, it's Massa's twig. <laughs> you know what? In game alone. Controversial oh, opinion, maybe. Felipe Nasser. Underrated. He was alright. He did alright in June. I mean, in that one Australia he? Grand Prix that he did, yeah. He was alright. I mean, that, that, they didn't do, they literally brought out that Sauber in 2015 and then left it for two years. I'm like, I'll oh, do. Yeah. Yeah. Off go, kids. <laughs> it's blue and yellow. People like it. Him and Ericsson, that first race on Australia. Like, oh, right, yeah, Salvo. You're bringing it. All right. And that yeah. was it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was amazing the guy. In Russia. What, 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 what upgrades have we got coming? No, none? Uh, all right. We've got That's this fine. great upgrade coming. Up it's going to be fantastic. When's it coming? 2018. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's called Alfa Romeo. It will be here in three years. <laughs> If that's too long for you, don't worry. You won't be here to enjoy it. There's <laughs> Kimmy waving from across the road. Oh. See, I F1, F1 is written years <laughs> before it actually happens. The F1 paddock actually knows how 2025 is going to go. They're just not telling us yet. <laughs> oh, cheeky boys. Cheeky boys. Well, Sam, considering you have had the win, don't gloat too much, but get us out of here. Folks, I have the wing, so that means Bottas must have the wing. If you think that uh, Bottas, please, is going to take the Russian Grand Prix victory, uh, maybe come over to the Discord. Let us know. The description is in. Uh, no, the bar- no, the link's in the description. I can't even do the outro. It's been so long. Anyway, you can join us there. If not, we'll be tweeting over the race weekend. We'll be talking about it. And, 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 sorry, we've got another podcast coming out after the race you know that classic race review that we always do on a Sunday so make sure you join back in with us there um, in the meantime I've been Samuel Sage I've been Ben Hocking I've been St. Bottesburg and remember keep breaking late imagine a whole cake with his face going through it though Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk Sports Social Podcast Network